Check this out. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you, I'm going to shut it for you real quick. Live in the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. Hey, don't roll it. Hit it downhill. With power, you're running straight downhill. You know where we're coming. And we know where y'all gonna be lined up at. Now you just gotta stop. I'm saying I'm better than you. It's the doctor, TC Martin. Peace mode is already inside of you. The doctor is now in. The beast is alive and well. And glad to have you with us on a thunderous Thursday edition of the TC Martin Show. Christmas Eve. Yes, we are working. We are live. No tape delay here. It is definitely live and in color as we get ready for Christmas holiday. Tomorrow we will be off, so Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you and yours. For the next two hours, we'll talk some sports, maybe some Christmas, who knows what, (laughs) and have a a long three-day weekend and enjoy. So we'll be hitting it for you. Talking a lot of NFL today, college bowl games as well. Scott Spritzer will join us a little bit later on, as will Chuck Esposito from Sunset Station. So, a lot to do, a lot to cover, and again, a very merry Christmas Eve. Ballpark Frank in the house. What is going on, my man? Yeah, you know, just uh, getting ready for a couple of days off here, getting ready for uh, football action that's starting with the NFL tomorrow. There's still bowl games going on, although uh, very limited the next couple of days. But um, you know how sometimes little things that have no business bothering people bother me? Yes, yes. Well, one of those things is when people say, Happy Christmas Eve or something like that at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, Christmas Eve starts in the evening. I, I understand it's that. It's Christmas Eve day. I understand that. It's the day before Christmas. And and I realize that most people couldn't care less at all about it. But those are, Christmas Eve starts on the evening. That's what Eve is. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Christmas Eve day. That's what today is. So it's, I figured I'd start yeah. out as the Grinch, and we'll see if my heart grows three sizes of the show. I don't know. You've been a Grinch <laughs> all week, man. I don't. I don't know what's you know what's up with you. You you want to? What? How long have you known me? <laughs> what are you saying all week for? I mean, I know Ken Thompson is the Grinch. That's like one of his monikers. But uh, yeah, I've, I've you know, I've I've always been a little bit Grinch like in many many ways. Okay. okay. My my blood type is O negative. The Lord made me this way. Uh, who am I to argue with him? Festivus, my friend. Festivus for the rest of us. Festivus is where everybody complains about everything, so that that should be like one of my favorite days. <laughs> Got a lot of problem with you people. <laughs> All right. My man Brian Feldman has joined us here today as well, too. So very glad to have B. Feldman in the house with us here today. And uh, Brian, thanks for, uh, for, for joining us, uh, making things happen here as well. And uh, we're going to be diving into our best bets today. No, normally we do this on Friday. We do that uh, at the Cosmopolitan, but we will not be at the Cosmopolitan uh, because tomorrow is Christmas. Well, we can still go down there. We, we just won't be on the air. That's true. Exactly. It, it is open. Exactly. <laughs> Don't you forget that as well, too. So uh, I thought we would go ahead and do our best bet segment today. Oh, yeah, because the one thing early. we want to do right now this year with all the COVID and all the injuries and everything else is make bets earlier than we have to. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's do that. That should help our records. Well, some weeks it might. Yeah. <laughs> But it's really not that early because, you know, tomorrow we've got an NFL football game. Don't forget that. No, so, I, I, I already so, said that. So I know we're ready, we're ready for that. And then we've got two games on, on Saturday. Then we've got the, a plethora of games on, on Sunday as well. And then we, I believe we have our final Monday night football game 
So yes. there, there you have it. And then we've got college bowl games just about every night. So what we're going to do this week, as you know, we, we'll stick to our tradition of three college football games. Three and, out of the five. Yeah, if, well, you literally have five games no, to choose the, from the, before we're the, on the, the air the, again. The, no, there is more than that. And I actually looked at that. But I, what I was asking everyone to do is to make three college bowl picks that take place from Saturday until next Wednesday, because next Thursday we'll be at the Cosmopolitan doing our best bet segment, doing our show there. And, of course, we've got the meaningful games. We'll have the college football semifinals, and then we'll also have you know the New Year's Six game. So you'll have probably just as few games to choose from, but they'll all be meaningful games. And if you look at the schedule, especially on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, which I'm going to go with, there's some pretty good football games there. Well, okay, but that's not what you originally told me. Yeah. So now you're now you're calling on Audible and changing the rules because you told me we were going to do the our best bets and the college games would be before we're on the air again next. So that would be Monday. So that's why I said there's only five games. I didn't know we could use Tuesday, Wednesday. Did you read the email? I sent you an no, email. No, I no, I went with your word. I guess I shouldn't take a man's My word. Yes, I you, sent you you with you the entire told group me an email. When we were talking about it before you ever sent an email. Yeah, we'll just make sure we'll do the college bowl games up until we're on the air again. That's what you told me like two I, I, days ago. I never said that. Yes, you on, did say it. On the air again. Uh, trust me. But you read my email I, this I, morning. I, I don't sleep much at night, Listen. but when I do sleep, I don't dream of you, so I didn't dream this. It's something that you said. Now, you can deny it, especially in 2020. Plausible deniability seems to be the way of the world. Wait, don't put me but, in that category. No. Because, but, but no, you did why, say that. Okay. Maybe so, you don't remember saying that, but you said that. Now I have. Now I find out there's more games I could have chosen from. You still can. You got, a, you got an hour and a half. How's that? All right. <laughs> you take care of this interview. I'm going to check out some lines quit, here. Quit, quit, quit being the Grinch that you are right now. See, now you are being the Grinch. Bye, humbug. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Went to Scrooge instead, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Oh, it's totally believable. Steve Berline. We, we should call Steve Berline and, and wish him a Merry Christmas because I think he, he'd like to come on today. And uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to him this week. So I think that's what we'll do. We'll call Steve Berline in about, in about three minutes that we're, we'll, we'll call Berline. And that'll give me just enough time to, you know, get this whatever I have on me now that Frank has been spewing at me. Well, you have your Las Vegas Bull sweatshirt on again. That's, so. it, 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 in memory of the Las Vegas you, Bull. You've been promoting that a lot ever since it got canceled. you got to remember, i got like five <laughs> Las Vegas Bull sweatshirts. I, I think Brian Feldman does, and I do, because they give us one every time that, before the game. And you know what? They are the most comfortable because they're Nike brand, and they're very warm on a, on a cold, chilly day. And yes, I, I I love the Las Vegas Bowl. I've been giving it love because I want to have the Las Vegas Bowl. I, know, I think we should still have the Las yesterday Vegas. Yesterday you had on when it was sponsored by Royal Purple. Exactly. I that, so and yeah. the only reason I went with that one is because I had some black and purple sweats on. Because as you and Brian Blessing know, I'm very color coordinated. So I, I've got to go that way. Yeah. It, it, it's just weird seeing you always wearing Las Vegas Bowl stuff because usually I see you wearing every college team on the planet, okay, but, or at least in this country. But as you but, know, but, but you've been doing the bowl stuff yeah, recently. I'm a theme guy, and this is yeah. the, the the bowl the the bowl theme time. So this is it, Las Vegas Bowl. You probably won't catch me wearing Las Vegas Bowl like in February, and March. Not going to happen, okay. you know. But but December, I kind of into that. You okay with that? It's like I'm, I, I'm I don't wear. I'm, I'm I usually don't wear baseball caps and baseball garb. In the off season, I don't do that. So yesterday I wore my Astros hat because we had Dusty on. But other than that, see, so there is a wow. a method to my madness, Method Man. There definitely is. You, you put so much more thought into that. Than I, I do. Know. I do. I look and say what's clean. I got ma- I got matching <laughs> underwear as well too. Would you like to see those? No, I would not. <laughs> 
In fact, if you want you and Steve Berlin to do the rest of the show solo, just go ahead and then. You just want me to. One. You just want me to have any guest on because you take the best bets so serious, which I appreciate that you do. So you can have some undivided time, so you can dive into the more than five bowl games. I'm wondering what's he talking about five bowl games. But if you go by the next time we're on the air Monday, yeah, you're right about yeah, that. I get right. that. I get that. I, I've already made my picks. I'm not changing. Well. Yeah, and, and again, I will take some responsibility. Some I will say because this is our normal theme that we always do at this time of year. It's like, okay, we pick the bowl games that are spread out until we're on the air. So I may have said on the air, but I meant to the next time we yeah. do the best bets. Right. So you've got that window. And that's what you did say. So, yeah. But, but well, whatever. And, Again, this is a fir- and this is your first year of the best bets. So that's why I, I should have uh, explained it more. It's all good. But that's okay. It's but all good. I'll tell you, you know, when I, when I do you know, send out those emails or tell certain people to to write everything a certain way or type it. I got to give you kudos because you're, you're right on top of it. I mean, you do space things out more than anybody else, which kind of irritates me because then I've got to go back and backspace it so it fits on the website. But at least you go in, in the right order and you, you know, the verses versus at and you go in the game time. So I appreciate that. I try. Okay. Make an effort, you know. There you go. All right. Uh, Brian, you can jump in here anytime you want if, if, if you want to come to anyone's defense here. Well, I'm, I'm sitting here with the Grinch, so what am I supposed to say? And, you know, honestly, Frank, I do the same thing TC does for my shows. If it's a UNLV game or if they won a game on Saturday, on Sunday I'll have a UNLV shirt on because I know I'm going to talk about them. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's hard to put on a Raiders hat. I'm not going to admit I'm an Alliance fan, right. but I've been wearing Raiders hats and Raiders attire. I'm sick like that, too. I pick out my outfit based on what I'm going to talk about that day on the show. So there you go. All right. Uh, so let's talk a little NFL as we get going here, and let's visit with our our good friend, who is uh, I'm pr- probably sure doing some last minute Christmas shopping. Who who knows what he's doing? But uh, what he's not doing is celebrating a Notre Dame victory from last week. But that's okay. He's in the playoff. There you go. I make sure part of that six million dollars gets in your pocket because you do you host more Notre Dame parties and make more Notre Dame appearances than anyone we know. The former quarterback, the NFL veteran. <laughs> Steve Berline, what is happening, my friend? Hey, hey. Yeah, you, you pretty much summarized everything. You, you almost nailed every single aspect of that intro. Uh, I am doing last-minute Christmas shopping. Look at so this. That is definitely happening right now. Uh, uh, the, the, the playoff thing with Notre Dame, uh, I don't think we deserve it, uh, given the way that we lost that ball game. But we're in, and... I'm not going to complain about it. So, uh, yeah, you, you nailed everything there, man. All right. And, and again, I, I really, seriously, was going to leave you alone today and this week and, and, and let you do your thing there. But you know, then I just got your text and said, no, let's have Steve on if he's willing to come on. And, again, he's going to you know, talk to us in between you know, looking at Santa Clauses and the malls or whatever and while you're driving. I appreciate it, man. You got it, man. No problem. Anything for you. Okay, so uh, let's let's start talking about the the Irish, and let's start talking about you know we'll go into more detail next week, and we start breaking down these games. But you say that Notre Dame doesn't deserve to be in there. Does Ohio State deserve to be in there? And again, with the six games, that was a big question mark, and they got in there ahead of Notre Dame at number three. I know we've talked about this before, but again, you factor the games in. Do they pass the eye test? Have we seen enough of them? Strength the schedule? Give me your thoughts. Well, I, that, that's the argument about you know this year and the playoff situation overall. I, I don't know, given that Notre Dame lost that game, if there is a correct way that this thing could have been done. I, 
I think you can make a lot of different arguments uh, supporting a lot of different teams being in both the third and the fourth spots. Uh, you know, Ohio State, I don't think anybody questions that their program is one of the top four in the country right now. And, and uh, you know, but, but they did only play the six games. The, the Big Ten made that decision and realized that they, they screwed up and tried to salvage it. And uh, then they made the exception for big, for, you know, for Ohio State. And, you know, the money's doing the talking there, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, and, and I don't know who you would put ahead of Notre Dame. I mean, you know, Texas A&M thinks they have an argument. Uh, Cincinnati undefeated. They think they have an argument. Uh, I, I would not have been upset uh, if Cincinnati would have found their way in there because even though I do think Notre Dame's a better team, we, we, we're all speculating. We don't know how Cincinnati would show up and play uh, in that type of a situation. And uh, to be undefeated and, and uh, you know, this crazy year, I mean, I think this would have been a great opportunity to give one of those kind of schools a chance to get into the playoff to see what happens. And, you know, I don't think Notre Dame is going to, uh, I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think Notre Dame is going to play Alabama very tough. Uh, they've not played well in these big games, uh, you know, for, for many, many years under Brian Kelly. And uh, I just I have a hard time believing they're going to be very competitive. So uh, if there was a year to do it, I think this year would have been the year you could have justified it. And uh, But it is what it is, and, and uh, maybe Notre Dame would pull off a miracle. As far as Ohio State being number three and Notre Dame being number four, do you think anything went into consideration that if they would have made Clemson, uh, uh, Notre Dame number three, that Clemson and Notre Dame would have played for the third time this year and that they were trying to avoid that unless they happen to meet in the final? Well, yeah, I think that probably went into the thinking as well. Uh, you definitely you don't want to see a rematch of that game. Uh, the way that game uh, you know, went this past weekend, I was there. And uh, it was it wasn't even as close as the score indicated. You know, we, we had our chance to jump out early on him. Uh, we, we we did not make that happen on the second drive. We uh, you know we should have scored seven points, should have been up ten nothing, but we had come away missing a field goal and down only up three nothing. So um, I guess the point of all that is that yeah, maybe they didn't want to have another re- very current, very recent rematch between those two teams. Uh, but I, I would, I would have a hard time to have a Notre Dame ranked third the way they got beat. I mean, I have a hard time with them being ranked fourth the way they got beat. So I think, I think fourth is the only place you could justify. Notre Dame being. And, and here's what I think, Steve. I think Notre Dame is a very good football team, and I think they are a top four, top five team in the country, but it's strictly a matchup thing. Okay, they don't match up well against Alabama, hence, you know, being a 20-point underdog, and you're pro- they're, they're probably not going to show up against Alabama. They may show up a little bit better uh, than they did last week because it, it was really bad last week, and the Clemson thing, they were fine in their home field. They were fine against Clemson without Trevor Lawrence, but then the revenge factor came in. I just think those two matchups were bad for Notre Dame. But I'll tell you what, I would take Notre Dame if they played Ohio State. If Notre Dame was playing Ohio State, I think we'd have a great game, and Notre Dame, I would probably pick them. Well, I I can see that argument, and it would be great. I think that would be a great matchup because I do think uh, Clemson and Alabama are far and away one and two. Right. Uh, I don't think uh, Notre Dame matches up well against Clemson. I, you know, I, I think they beat them the first time 
like you said, with uh, without uh, Trevor Lawrence, but they also were without uh, that All-American uh, defensive tackle. I can't remember what his name is. Uh, and they were without their starting uh, middle linebacker the first game as well. Those two guys, that defense played much differently this time than they did the first time uh, against Notre Dame as well. And, and, and Brady Quinn, I'm not Brady Quinn, <laughs> Ian Book <laughs> and company made absolutely no plays in the passing game up the field, which they did do the first game. So, you know, I knew going into the game that the potential was there for it to be a blowout. If we did not have any explosive plays on offense, we did not. Um, and, you know, here we are. And, and I, I do think that for in the consolation round, the Notre Dame-Ohio State game would be a very good game. I wouldn't know which way to go on that. I do think Ohio State is a, a great football team, and I do think they would probably win that game. But, um, you know, we, we – we don't have any way of knowing, obviously. Right. Steve Berline joins us, uh, CBS Sports and the former quarterback. Steve, let's turn our attention to the NFL. We got a pretty good game on Christmas Day tomorrow with the Vikings and the Saints. Obviously, the Saints have lost two in a row after winning nine in a row. I want to get your thoughts on Drew Brees. A lot of talk has been uh, you know, made about Brees and Brady, the aging quarterbacks. And week in and week out, we're not sure what we're going to get with Tom Brady. And he had a horrible first half last week. And then the second half, he, he looked pretty darn good. But with Brees last week against Kansas City, it took him a while to get going. What did you notice in Breeze, did did you see that the 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 ribs and the punctured lung was that a factor? Was it rust? And what do you think with Drew Breeze moving forward here as the Saints get ready for the playoffs? Well, I think all those those factors come into play. And I, I, in my reading of the situation, I don't know if I told you on your show before the game last week, but I, I really was against Drew Breeze playing. I really thought yeah. they should have given Taysom Hill uh, the, the start. And and if you if you really are, are feeling the need to have Drew Brees available in case things aren't going well, have him as your backup quarterback. Activate him, have him as your backup quarterback. But the goal is to get him through that game without playing. I really think with Taysom Hill in a quarterback, they would have, they would have been more competitive. Uh, you think about the only way that you're going to beat Patrick Mahomes is to keep the ball away from him. You know, New Orleans was one for 11 on third down in that game. Uh, and and if, if if Taysom Hill is in there, it's a completely different game plan designed about designed around controlling the ball, and 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 that's the way you beat Patrick Mahomes. So I don't know why they didn't go into that game with that kind of a mentality, especially knowing that Drew Brees obviously was not 100. percent He even admitted it after the game. Uh, you know, he's a 40 year old man with uh, with his bones are much more brittle now than uh, they were when he was. You know. 33, 34, uh, you know, that's a fact of life. That is just reality. And I think he would have benefited and Saints would have benefited long-term if they would have rested him last week. I think, you know, I think they're going to have a, they're going to have the, their work cut out for him moving forward uh, because of the fact that they did play Drew Brees. Like, even though he didn't get hurt, I think he needed that extra week to kind of get healthy and get confident going into the home stretch of the season. What do you see the uh, quarterback play for New Orleans being the rest of the way out with only two games left? They're, they're a game behind Green Bay, so you would think that Green Bay is probably going to win the home field, but it's not a given at this point here. But Do you think Breeze just goes the next two games, or do you think maybe they try to integrate both quarterbacks a little bit getting ready for the playoffs? Well, that would be interesting to see what happens. I, I really believe that not, you know, Sean Payton, uh, who, who I respect immensely, 
I just think he was wrong in this scenario. Um, but, but I do believe he's kind of made his own bet here. Uh, by, by putting Drew Brees out there last week, uh, he's almost got to uh, roll with Drew Brees the rest of the way. Now, uh, obviously, uh, if it comes down to winning or losing the game, and he knows that obviously Drew Brees is, is not at full strength and he's limiting uh, the Saints' ability uh, to be successful, uh, he's got to do whatever he's got to do to, to try to win those ball games. So I wouldn't be surprised if one of those situations developed and he throws Taysom Hill in there, um, you know, maybe to see if they can change it up a little bit or maybe to finish out a game. I don't know. Um, this is this is the can of worms that's been open now because of what they decided to do. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I do know that Drew Brees is not 100%. And at his age, a less than 100% Drew Brees, I don't think, is as effective as 100% Taysom Hill. Steve, let's uh, turn our attention to another one of your former teams here. Of course, here are the Raiders. They have their final home game here at Allegiant Stadium on Saturday night, and the Dolphins are coming to town. And this Dolphins team has surprised a lot of people playing some pretty good football, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The Raiders, as we know, they've lost four of their last five games. It seems like, okay, this is a typical December for the Raiders. Here we go again. When you look at the, this Raiders team, and still John Gruden is, is preaching the – the Corona card and saying, "Hey, you know, we don't know who's who's healthy." You know, he says he's not making any excuses, but I mean, we're hearing this over and over again. What do you expect to see from the Raiders on Saturday, and then transition that into talking about the Dolphins' chances in making the playoffs? Yeah, you know, the, the Dolphins have been a great story this year for uh, so many different reasons. Uh, to be in the playoff hunt and actually in the playoffs right now is an incredible accomplishment for that team and says a lot about Flores and the job he's done there, building a culture and building that team. Uh, I predicted prior to last week uh, that that the the Dolphins would not make it into the playoffs. I still stand by that prediction. Uh, I think with Marcus Mariota uh, making his first start for the Raiders, uh, I just see this, this, this Raiders team coming out this week and kind of breaking out of the skid that they're in. Uh, playing well at home, uh, wanting to try to uh, crush the Dolphins' hope. That's a motivator for them as well, trying to knock them out of playoff contention. Um, you know, I, 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 I just don't see the Dolphins being able to, to pull it off. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game against the Raiders because I do think the Dolphins are playing better football and probably a better team at this point in the, in, in the season. But I'm picking the Raiders to win the game. My gut just tells me the Raiders are going to show up. And I really don't think that the Dolphins are a playoff team at this point. I think Baltimore is going to find their way in there, uh, as well as, um, you know, Cleveland and uh, the Indianapolis Colts as the final wild card team. So um, that's just the way I see it working out. Wow. And so, I mean, both teams are really kind of sliding or going in, in opposite directions here. I mean, the, the Raiders are sliding. Again, it doesn't seem like, uh, you know, morale is there. And then from a motivational standpoint, the Dolphins have everything to play for here. And then give me some thoughts on, on what you're seeing with Tua in the last couple of uh, weeks. Are There's enough, you know, tape, film, whatever you want to say, out there on him now. Uh, what do you think that defensive coordinators are looking at when they see Tua? Well, they're just seeing a young quarterback who, who I think is having a very solid first year, all things considered. I, I think he's got a, a very limited playbook. They're keeping things very simple for him. Uh, they're obviously trying to run the ball. Uh, Salvan 
Ahmed uh, broke out last week with well over 100 yards and <clears throat> took a lot of pressure off of Tua. And, and even though Tua didn't have a great game, the Dolphins still were able to win that game. But <clears throat> what I see out of Tua is a guy that I think is going to evolve into a really good NFL quarterback. I don't know if he's ever <clears throat> going to take it to the uh, the level of being one of the elite quarterbacks in the league. That's going to just depend on how he adjusts and how he develops. You know, you can't look at him and feel as confident about that as you do when you look at a guy like Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow before his injury. You know, you see the things that those guys are doing. They're NFL quarterbacks when you're having ready to go right now. And uh, um, But the point about Tua, I do believe he's going to have a great career. He's going to do well as long as he stays healthy. Uh, there's just a lot more to uh, to happen in terms of his overall development, and we'll see what happens. So I want to ask you a little bit about the, the Steelers situation here. Obviously, this is another team that's going backwards. And then Juju Smith-Schuster finally comes out and says, okay, I'm a distraction. I'm not going to dance on the logo at the 50-yard line anymore. And why it just seems Mike Tomlin was so hesitant to get out in front of this when this has been happening for a long time. You needed to get beat down by the Bengals before he comes out and says, hey, I'm going to finally talk with him now. So look at that angle. Look at we're talking about aging quarterbacks. No one has looked more aging than Ben Roethlisberger. What's your prediction about the Steelers? Yeah, this is a, a team that you talk about a slide right now. I mean, um, three weeks ago, <clears throat> excuse me, you would have you you would have had to rank the Steelers even even though they were eleven zero. You wouldn't say they were better than the Kansas City Chiefs, but I don't know who else you would have put ahead of them sitting at eleven and zero. But now. Man, I mean, uh, losing three straight games the way that they have and, and that debacle in Cincinnati. Um, you know, Ben obviously is is uh, not the same quarterback for whatever the reason might be. Uh, you know, I thought earlier in the year, through the first eight or ten games, he was playing at a pretty high level. But these last few games, he just has not been able to light any kind of a spark under this offense and make any plays whatsoever. Uh, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't look like he has the arm strength to get the ball up the field to make those those throws that he was known for, especially when things break down. He's not mobile enough to to extend plays the way that he used to, which what which is what made him so dangerous. And then putting the ball down the field. Uh, this is a team that I think um, Mike Tomlin has every reason and right in the world to be very concerned about where they're at right now. I do believe he deserves part of the blame for allowing that Juju Smith-Schuster stuff dance on the logos, allowing that kind of uh, uh, antics to uh, continue and permeate, uh, you know, just because things are going well. You know, now that things are not going well, we're going to put an end to it. Well, that should have been done uh, long before, and uh, I think Tomlin now recognizes that. And uh, but it, But, you know, he's had a pattern of of kind of letting things like this happen in the past. And uh, most of the time, these kind of things do come back to bite you a little bit. Um, we'll see if the Steelers can turn it around. Right now, I have zero confidence that they can go anywhere uh, and win a playoff game. I'm not even 100% sure they're going to win their division. So uh, they may be going on the road for that first playoff game. Uh, we'll see how it all unfolds. But I, a lot of concern about the Steelers right now. Hey, Steve, I always find that interesting when fan bases root for their team to lose, and that's what the Jets fans were doing last week. They're upset that they actually won a game. You just saw Trevor Lawrence perform live. How good is he? How good can he be in the pros? And did Jacksonville kind of by uh, losing maybe win the big one in a way? Yeah, Jacksonville I think is the winner in this situation. They they need a quarterback uh, 
as, as desperately as anybody in the league, and they need someone to pump energy into that franchise. Obviously, the Jets did as well. Um, you know, but uh, the Jets had a recent first-round pick that, uh, you know, some people believe still can be a, a legitimate uh, NFL, uh, you know, long-term quarterback in Sam Darnold. But, uh, you know, no doubt the Jets were focused on the potential of picking up Trevor Lawrence. And, uh, you know, I understand exactly why the Jets fans would be so upset and why they would uh, consider that that win a tremendous loss. And by by virtue of their loss, the Jacksonville Jaguars considered a big win because they're now in the driver's seat uh, with their final two games. I can't remember who they're playing. They're playing, I know Chicago is one of them, um, and I can't remember who the last one is. It might be the Colts, I believe. Um, and I don't see them winning either one of those games, even if they wanted to win one of those games. Um, so it, it's going to – Trevor Lawrence is going to fall into their lap, and it's going to be the best thing – that ever happened to that franchise. All right, he is Steve Berline, the former quarterback, uh, does a fantastic job in CBS. You can catch him on CBS Sports Network with his uh, Monday uh, quarterback show <laughs> on Monday afternoons as well, too. All right, uh, we'll let you get back to, to shopping, but my big question here for you, Steve, is as we get ready for Christmas, uh, you're buying gifts, uh, give me a – give me a – should we go team or quarterback? Give me a quarterback – that we can compare you to as far as being a Christmas shopper. Okay, are you a good Christmas shopper? Are you a good giver? I mean, who are you? Are 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 you Aaron Rodgers? Are you uh, Gardner Minshew? Go ahead. Who are you, Steve Berline, when it comes to Christmas shopping? Oh, wow, I, I, this is uh, this is a tough one. I, I'm really, believe it or not, I, I, I have a history of doing this. I'm a last-minute guy. I wait till the end. I always come through. I always find a way to get the W at the end of the day. You know, Santa Claus always ends up uh, coming out uh, feeling good about himself and the kids feeling like they got what they wanted. But uh, who's the last-minute heroic a guy that just doesn't doesn't play well until the the final minutes of the ball game when you have to get it done? Uh, you find a way to get it done. I'm trying to think of who that guy would be. You got any suggestions for uh, Well, I, I'll go old school. I'll go Brett Favre. I mean, he'll, th- he'll, th- he'll throw interception after interception. He'll look goofy, but then he'll drive you down for the game winner towards the end. I mean, if we want to go uh, you know, sem- yeah, you know, semi-old school. Another one, another one would be like John Elway, too. I mean, I, yeah. I remember watching games. I remember playing against him in some games where he was having – you know, a horrible game, you know, for John Elway, you know, just struggling, not playing at the level that you would expect out of him. And then all of a sudden, when there's two minutes left in the game, all of a sudden he makes two or three throws to just completely flip the ball game and win the game and come out smelling like a rose. So that's the kind of guy. I think of Brett Favre or John Elway. That's probably a good combination, uh, you know, good, good combo of guys to compare me to in terms of my Christmas shopping abilities, yeah. Frank, you wanted to compare him to Rex Grossman, didn't you? No, I wanted to. Actually, John Elway was <laughs> going to go because cause I would, it was a, it I would a, take that, too. It, it was the one team that wouldn't let him wear number seven. He's finally earned it. They're on the Christmas shopping <laughs> list. So so there you go. Yeah, roll the sevens. And by the way, you were right. Jacksonville's last game is against the Colts. There it is. I mean, Jim Harbaugh was kind yeah, of the comeback yeah, kid, yeah. too. Wasn't Jim Harbaugh the comeback kid? Listen, no, no way I'm going to put my uh, – Jim Harbaugh and I were classmates. We, we, we came out together. We had too many battles against yep. each other. Uh, I'm not going to – no, I'm not Jim Harbaugh. No. Yeah, there, there you go. Let's make I draw that, the line there. Make that perfectly clear. <laughs> Listen, let's stick to Irish quarterbacks if we're going to do that, okay? There you go.
Some some classic Irish. Yeah. We'll, we'll say Joe Montana. Montana, right? The comeback there kid. There it is. Yeah, Done. He, he he always incredible comeback. Yeah, there I'm is. Joe Montana at Christmas shopping. There we go. There you go, brother. All right, man. Hey, enjoy yourself. Uh, have a great time uh, w- with the family. We look forward to hopefully talking with you next week. We can start breaking down the college football playoff and some meaningful NFL action as well, too, man. But appreciate you uh, as always, and uh, have a merry Christmas, my friend. All right, guys. Yeah, sorry a little bit scattered, but I'm glad we got it done today. So, yeah, take care. We'll catch you next time. Take care, brother. All right, back at you on a Thursday afternoon, a Christmas Eve day. Hey, let's uh, go over to Sunset Station and see what's happening over there because I know they are very festive over there. Uh, Got the decorations up and everything. And still, at limited capacity, uh, they're they're, they're still eating. They're still placing their bets. They're doing our thing. And our guy Chuck Esposito, I understand, I think he brought dessert in for the entire crew in the sports book. Is that true, Chuck? I'm always trying to... Provide uh, you know good things for my team, TC. You know it's, uh, it's uh, always fun to talk to you guys. And and first, you know, happy holidays and merry Christmas, and hope you have a safe and, and healthy New Year, and to all the listeners as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it's always good when there's stuff going on, and you know, five big pro basketball games tomorrow, a pro football game, just kind of adds to Christmas Day. It does, and I'm actually looking forward to tomorrow's NFL because we've got a, a game that I'm definitely interested in. And I think it's a great bounce back spot for the Saints who have lost two in a row, and they're playing this Vikings team that has been hit and miss. And the Vikings, if they still have any slim playoff hopes. You know they're they're going to want to show up tomorrow, but I think yeah we have a good uh, Christmas Day game, and I'm looking forward to that. And when we look at that, Chuck, uh, tell us what kind of action you're getting on this. I see the Saints are a seven point favorite, and we know NBA is traditionally king. We'll talk about that in a minute. But what kind of action is the Saints and Vikings getting? You know, it's getting good two-way action, TC. I've seen a little bit of action on the Vikings as we've seen that number dip just a little bit industry wide. Um, I think you look at the Saints right now; they're ten and four. Same record as the Seahawks. I don't think they're going to catch Green Bay. I mean, they, they, they trail basically by two games now because of tiebreakers. Tie um, I think you need to get kind of Drew Brees untracked a little bit. They're not going to have Michael Thomas in this game. Vikings at 6-8, and eight, uh, I don't think they're going to make it. I mean, they would need just so much help at this point. I think it's a much bigger game to the Saints to kind of start playing better football. Defensively, they're really good. Uh, they were in that game, you know, late, especially last week against Kansas City. But I think Breeze is the key to that team. Kind of got to get that rust off and, and kind of getting back to what he was, you know, pre-injury um, to have, let these Saints have a chance in the NFC. And I'm seeing some six-and-a-halves around town. Where are you guys at with this line right now? Not not quite there yet, you know, not quite there yet. So, you know, it takes a lot to get off a key number. Um, but uh, we'll see where this game ultimately ends up, you know. I mean, Cousins has had his struggles before. They've got a good, talented young wideout in Jefferson – of course, they have Thielen and Cook, so they've got a lot of weapons. These two teams have a little history of playing each other, so I think it's a great game for uh, for Christmas Day. Looking forward to watching it. Yeah, talk about history. 51 weeks ago, that's when the Vikings went in to the Dome and beat the Saints and knocked them out of the playoffs. So I'm thinking that you would think that the, the Saints would have a little revenge on their mind as well. Again, a huge game. Not only that, but they want to snap this two-game 
uh, losing streak as well, too. And I think you hit the nail on the head with Cousins, too. I mean, this is a guy that is very frustrating to watch. And your Bears, you know, got the victory over him last week. We mauled their playoff chances. Let's be honest yeah. about it. Yeah, we did. Trubisky, we did. Trubisky and Cousins. You got. I can flip a coin. I I can't decipher. Uh, you know which guy is is, is which. To me, they're both ham and eggs. I, I can tell you the guy that's got the two game winning streak right now. It is Mitchell Trubisky, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it should have been a it should have been a, a three game winning streak ballpark if he doesn't you know fumble deep in their own territory <laughs> against Detroit and and blow a, a ten point lead. It's a shame they lost that game. I mean, they do own tiebreakers against Arizona, and Arizona finishes with the 49ers and, and the Rams, I believe. So there's a shot because the Bears play Week 17 at, uh, at home to Green Bay, and it may be a meaningless game for Green Bay. So it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds. But, uh, hey, that's why Week uh, 16 and 17 hopefully are a little bit more fun this year and mean something to more teams with those two additional playoff spots. Wait, I'm looking into my crystal ball right now, and I don't think you guys are liking what I'm seeing in this crystal ball. It is a little bit hazy, maybe a little snowy, but they are playing the Jacksonville Jaguars this week on the road. I kind of sense a a Rams-Jets situation here, Chuck and Frank. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm thinking that you guys could, could be a laughing stock here and the Jags get a rare win here. Yeah, and if you get that, the Jacksonville fans are going <laughs> to riot. Well, the Jets fans, you can't tell those people in the locker room, those guys that are suiting up and those coaches, believe it or not, they want to win. And we, aside from maybe the last two weeks, Jacksonville was competitive up until maybe the last week or two. But but Trevor Lawrence actually wants to go to Jacksonville. <laughs> he said he doesn't want to go to the Jets. I don't think anybody wants to go to Jacksonville or the New Jersey slash New York Jets. Or the Giants, for that matter. What do you think, Chuck? Yeah, I, I disagree. I think if you have an opportunity maybe to be the face of a franchise and uh, both the Jets and Jags have a bevy of picks to rebuild with, um, you know, you're going to a big market in New York, Jacksonville. You've got Robinson and some young Whiteouts and, and Chalk and, and uh, Cheneau. Uh, you know, I, hey, you want to be the first overall pick in the face of, face of a franchise? Uh, now is your opportunity. I, I don't think Lawrence is going to shy away from whoever has the number one pick. And he likes it down south. Yeah, I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about, about the Bears getting upset this weekend. Oh, I mean, anything. We've seen it in this league. I mean, from week to week, anything can happen. I mean, they, they've got to be focused now. I think in their case, hey, Nagy and Pace a few weeks ago, there was a lot of rumblings that there definitely would be a change in Chicago. They need to win this game, and hopefully maybe they can win at Green Bay. You have to remember, if they win this game, TC, they'll have never finished below 500 in Nagy's three seasons there. That was not the case for his predecessor. So it might not be phenomenal. They may look at, hey, they drafted Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, but they've still been a 500 team or better for three straight years. I think a lot of teams would take that. They still have to build on that and kind of turn the corner. But, uh, hey, this is a huge game for them this week um, for Coach, for GM, and potentially Mitchell Trubisky. So I think you're going to get a pretty spirited effort. But anything can happen in this league, as we saw last week. No doubt. All right, there it is. Uh, breaking news there, Chuck. We're just getting word out of uh, Henderson that Derek Carr is ready to go, and he is going to start uh, Saturday night against the Miami Dolphins. We see the uh, Dolphins are a three-point favorite. There was a lot of talk that Marcus Mariota would get the start here, but it looks like John Gruden is going with Derek Carr. Give me some thoughts. 
You know, it doesn't surprise me, TC. I, I think, you know, he, he did practice yesterday, and uh, it sounded like the injury was more severe when it occurred. They said it could be up to a 14-day injury, although Carr said he was pretty optimistic that he'd only miss one game. So I don't think it's a huge surprise that he's playing. I think the Raiders at 7-7, seven and seven, we know they need a lot of help, still want to finish strong. You look at their record since 2017 over the second half of the season, I think it's now 9-18-3. So they want to kind of finish strong here. Um, Miami's got a tough game here against Vegas. Then they finish at Buffalo, not knowing what that game means. But I think it's, it doesn't surprise me. I don't think it's going to alter the number. Uh, the fact that it's sitting on a key number, I don't think you're going to see us move off that number just because it's Carr. Um, but I think you'll get a little bit more Raider play because it is Carr. And you had some uh, hints that it was going to be Carr when he spoke to the media the other day, the other day, and he took all the questions too. I am curious to see what Miami does because if I if, if I'm Miami, I'm trying to chase him out of the pocket and see what his mobility is right off the start because this game means a lot to the Dolphins. It does. You know, one interesting thing, guys, if you look at all the teams that are right now in the playoffs in the AFC, and Miami would be one of those teams, the team that has given up the fewest amount of points by a long shot, is the Miami Dolphins. So defensively, they are really good. Um, I know Tua's had some, some moments where he's played well. I think Fitzpatrick opened up that offense a little bit more. There's a chance that Gusecki and then Parker could be back. I think that helps in Gaskin. Um, but a little bit different offensively with Tua than they are with Fitz. But I think the big key for me is that defense. That defense is just really good. They create a lot. And I agree, Ballpark, if you can kind of chase them out of the pocket and, and put some pressure on them, it'll be interesting to see how mobile Derek Carr is. And I'm really not sure that Carr is the best option, considering his limited mo- mobility and a groin injury. I mean, that groin injury, that's, that's not a really quick healing thing. And we understand that Carr wants to get back on, on the field. But let's, let's admit it. I mean, Mariota gave a great account for himself in that game, and he gives you that added dimension. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that Mariota may be the better option this week against the Dolphins. And then on the flip side, Chuck, you, know, you, you talk about Tua – and I think if Tua can actually, you know, he can actually be a difference maker with his legs more so this week than any other week because that Raiders defense is is such a mess. And, and we've seen other quarterbacks less mobile than Tua really be able to run on the Raiders. Yeah. You know, TC, I think you look at the year that, that Carr was having, and I know Mariota came in that night and played well. He had a, a turnover that wasn't necessarily his fault. That was kind of costly. Um, but, but I think you, you go with Carr. I mean, Carr has had a really good year. Um, I think you look at that offense with, with Waller and, and Jacobs and those young wideouts. Um, I think you go with what kind of got you there at this point, and it has been Carr, both good and bad. Um, and uh, and to his case, hey, that Raider defense has not been good. And if Gusecki and, and Parker are healthy, they are going to have, you know, uh, I think a lot of open space in this game. It's kind of interesting. I think the total is super interesting in this game uh, because of the fact that Miami just doesn't give up a lot of points. But you look at how many overs the Raiders have this year, they've been over darlings uh, to, you know, to the betters over the last uh, 10 to 12 weeks. Yeah, I would imagine, too, that uh, although Carr is going to be getting the start, that Miami's going to be ready. They're not going to be blindsided if Mariota does come in there and end up playing a little bit because, remember, his speed was a difference in getting some first downs in that and making the Raiders competitive when he did come in there and he played well. He's definitely more mobile. So though Carr gets the start, I would imagine that Mariota's going to be ready to go, but I think the Dolphins will be ready if that should occur. 
Yeah, I think absolutely. I think the same would hold true on the other side of the ball. If for some reason Miami's offense is really struggling, I don't think that they can rule out going back to Fitzpatrick. I mean, you're on the cusp of playoff spot here. You're nine and five. You know that uh, Baltimore has a very easy schedule the rest of the way. You know how good Tennessee and Indy are in front of you. Every game is important for this team. And Miami finishes Week 17 at Buffalo, which has never been an easy place to go play for them. So you know, hey, if they have to make a switch, I think you have to understand that that could occur as well. I would love to see that because we've been clamoring for that. And again, thought that Fitzpatrick never should have lost his job in the first place. And again, I do believe. That that gives the Dolphins the best chance is Fitzpatrick, especially you know with his experience. And again, Tua has not been lighting him up. I mean, this guy's you know two hundred yards. I mean, he's throwing four. Well, like Chuck some said, weeks they, under that, they've been winning by defense. Know, a lot no of doubt. the games, they, they they've been winning by to. defense. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they don't need to. They don't need that. They need somebody. You know, they're going to get. Looks like Gaskin back. And I think the one thing that I think it's overlooked with Miami too is that offensive line is really good. I mean, they rushed for 250 yards last week. It doesn't matter who's kind of there at running back. If it was Beretta, if it was Howard when he was there, um, you know, if it's a healthy Gaskin, whoever's back there, some guys that most people don't even know, um, that they've been able to have some success running the ball. And it's hard to pass in this league when your top weapons aren't in. He looked a lot better when he had Gusecki and Parker there a few weeks ago. Williams has been gone almost the entire you know, second half of the season. So I think when you add those pieces back for Tua, I think it's going to change things. And, again, he's going up against a team here that isn't good defensively. We saw how, how the Chargers went up and down the field and were able to make big plays at will. And if the Raiders can score like they've been scoring, Miami's going to have to score as well. And let's see how Tua does with some of – hopefully it looks like some of his key pieces back – um, as well. And like you said, I mean, Miami running back by committee, you know, Salvan Ahmed uh, last week, you know, getting the job done, and he'll be, uh, you know, getting a majority of the carries this week. All right. Uh, well, we're going to lose the marketing theme now because they were really looking forward to having the Hawaii quarterback connection here with Mariota against Tua. Went to the same high school. I think it was St. Louis High School. That's the name of the high school, actually, uh, in Hawaii, where both these guys went. So, that matchup and that marketing is out the window now with insert car. So, well, I mean, you can still market it. There's a real chance you might see, uh, might see him as well. Chuck Esposito joins us from Sunset Station. All right, Chuck, uh, staying with the NFL theme here, give us a, a, another game or two on the board where you've gotten some intriguing action. Well, I think you know there's a few big, big games. I think you, you look at the game between. Indy and Pittsburgh. Uh, prior to Pittsburgh's game against Cincy on Monday night, they were a you know a two two and a half point favorite. The favorite has flipped in that game. Pittsburgh is on a three game losing streak right now. They've got the same record as Buffalo, but do not hold that number two spot because of tiebreakers. I think that's a huge game uh, for the Steelers to see how they respond because Week 17 they play the Browns. And the other game that really sticks out to me, guys, is a Sunday night game between the Titans and Packers. I mean, you look at the total of this game, the Titans definitely have some problems defensively. Packers haven't looked great over the last five or six weeks, yet they still sit at 11-3, and number one seed in the NFC. This game's going to be fun to watch because I think you look at Tennessee, and they're kind of built for this. It doesn't matter that it's going to be cold there. You can get a healthy dose of Derrick Henry for 25 to 30 carries. You've got A.J. Brown and Corey Davis on the outside and Tannehill and Rodgers in this game. I think that Sunday night game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And looking forward to Jalen Hurts again. Second straight road game against the Cowboys. 
still hoping to sneak into that division. Um, you know, no gimme that uh, the Washington football team or the Giants win uh, earlier that day. So it could be a big game to the Eagles and Cowboys as well. Chuck, with all, at this time of year, is there more to the bookmaking than just looking at the matchups and that? Because sometimes you do have to wonder about motivation of teams and who's playing for what. And, you know, we always hear about the teams that must win, but remember that fact that you're only in a must-win situation because you haven't won enough before. Yeah, I don't think we we think about motivation as much as, as kind of playing out what, what occurs you know, a week or two down the road. We'll look at things and, and talk about look-ahead games, and I think we've talked about that, guys, many times. But, yeah, I mean, we're definitely looking at this to see, you know, what potentially would, would be at stake for some of these teams. Depends on what happens maybe earlier in the day or if it's a meaningless game to both teams. You look at the Broncos and Chargers who are both already eliminated in that game. So there's a lot of things that we'll look at. We're in an information era and everything we're looking at, we know the guys on the other side of the counter are looking at as well. That's what makes it kind of fun and, and challenging and uh, really makes us stay on our toes as we're kind of looking at this, these things and, and evaluating and moving accordingly. All right. It is a NFL weekend. It's the NBA weekend. Christmas Day will be uh, plenty of that and plenty of uh, betting options and get the STN mobile app as well, too. And, uh, Chuck, uh, we appreciate the time, as, as always, my friend. Uh, hopefully you'll have a great Christmas. You'll go ahead and, uh, and, and, and pound that food down. I know that uh, – what's on the Esposito uh, menu for, for tonight or yeah, tomorrow? I'm, I'm not sure – I'm not sure what's on the, the menu yet. Uh, my mom's actually cooking, but uh, it's always great. And, yeah, the STN mobile app, guys, don't forget about that. We still have the $100 uh, new sign-up bonus going on. Um, it's a great tool, especially with all the games tomorrow, the five pro basketball games, the football game. Can't always get to the book, but, hey, it's right at the palm of your hands, and we'll get you signed up in a matter of minutes. You got it, my man. All right, hey, Merry Christmas, Chuck. Have a great uh, holiday weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. You too. Thank you. Merry Christmas, Chuck. And hockey's coming back soon. This is true. Can't wait, boys. Can't wait. There we go. January 13th. We'll drop it for real. All right. When we come back, Scott Spritzer will join us. We'll get his thoughts on some handicapping, looking at these games coming up this weekend and a couple bowl games as well, too. It is the T.C. Martin Show on a Christmas Eve day. Glad to have you with us. If you're out and about doing some uh, last-minute shopping, hey, We are here for you. I'm here for you. All smiles. And ballpark slash the Grinch Frank is also here for you. What do you want to say, Frank? Nothing. (laughs) I didn't think so. (laughs) Back with more right here. T.C. Martin Show.